This episode of the Astro Powder Podcast is brought to you by Gama. Whether you're the shop manager, system engineer, or powder coder, once you decide to make Gama an integral part of your shop, you'll understand how simple it is to be so productive. For a demonstration, call 877-437-6771. Once again, that's 877-437-6771. And be sure to mention, Ask Joe sent me. When you want to know that everything is covered, complete it with Gamma. Hello, all you powder coating fans, and welcome to episode 50 of the Ask Joe Powder Podcast. We've hit the big five zero, Nate. Uh-huh. I'm your host, Joe Powder, aka Kevin Biller, and with me, as always, is my esteemed colleague, sidekick Nathan. My name is Nathan, and I'm here to say, let's ask Joe Powder in a professional way. We're broadcasting from the ChemQuest Powder Coating Research Studios in Columbus, Ohio. The purpose of the Ask Joe Powder podcast is to bring the latest news and technical know-how to the global powder coating community. So let's get it rolling. Okay, but before we do, I'd like to give a hearty shout-out to... Shout-out! BCF. BCF, you're wondering. That stands for the British Coatings Federation. BCF has been around since 1912 just slightly longer than I've been in the powder coating industry. They started way back then as the National Federation of Associated Paint, Color, and Varnish Manufacturers. And over the years, their names evolved from from that long-winded name to Paint Makers Association in 1963, and later they uh, took their current moniker uh, in 1993. Um, through the years, they've uh, absorbed or merged with other organizations uh, with printing inks and wallpaper and things like that. But nowadays, BCF is the vanguard for the British coatings industry. Uh, they have over 140 full manufacturer members and over 100 associate or supplier companies in their membership. All in all, their members represent... of all UK sales of paints, coatings, printing inks, and wall coverings, making them the authoritative voice of the industry. Part of the reason why I want to give them a shout-out is what they do reaches beyond the UK as they're very involved with training through their Coatings Training Institute, which, by the way, they do in conjunction with, I love the names of these things, the Royal Society of Chemistry. Do you know where that's from? Uh, it's one of their partners. But this Coatings Training Institute, it, it spans 57 modules uh, over four different levels. Uh, they also have a career center, an ambassador program. But the other thing is they're advocates for sustainability and health and safety in not just the coatings industry, but just the chemical industry in general. Uh, So they've got things like, most recently, they've published a a road to net zero. And basically, it's a roadmap for the paint coatings, printing inks, sectors, where they're 
giving recommendations for the industry to meet net zero carbon emissions by 2050. They're totally committed to help their members achieve this target, and they stand beside them as partners to, uh, to help them along this path. One of the things I really like about BCF is that they provide a very good model for how an association can make a difference in the coatings industry. So, so hats off to Tom Botel, the CEO, and the newly elected Sharon Harte, the president, and all the rest of the BCF team. Good job. I'll throw another shout-out out there job. to Eric Casebolt. He's the... Uh, newest member of the ChemQuest team here and he's uh has a history with raw materials he's a smart technical guy but he also understands markets and the strategic side of things he's been helping us out on the business side of things here uh ChemQuest powder gunning research he's, he's been a great addition and uh yeah we wish him the best and we really appreciate and enjoy working with him hi eric so now the Guess What segment. Guess what? All right. Uh, Coatings World reports, Axonobel Powder Coatings partners with Coating AI to explore new frontiers in sustainability. Axonobel's powder coating business has co-developed a um, Coatings AI, they're calling it an artificial intelligence to help customers improve the application process and reduce their carbon footprint. The industry-first technology called Flight Path optimizes equipment settings to reduce defects and overspray and improve powder consumption, helping to reduce costs, avoid rework, and save time and energy. You know, that's real interesting, Nate, but, you know, to me, you know, just to wrap our heads around what they're trying to accomplish, you know, the, the, the common denominator with their customers is the material, the powder coating, mm -hmm. the Interpond product that they're they're using, they're purchasing and using the equipment settings and, and the equipment even itself can be from a variety of different manufacturers. And it sounds like this software has a lot to do with how the equipment runs, which to me is fascinating because it could be from any of the major or even, you know, lesser players in the application equipment world and wonder how they integrate that. I wonder the same. Also, yeah, AI, artificial intelligence, I have a feeling that might be a little strong of a word for, um, you know, monitoring powder application and making recommendations. But it's a bit of a buzzword in today's world. So Artificial intelligence, I first thought that was when you make it up as you go, but I guess not. Could be. It really could be in some cases. All right. What else is in the news? Axel Nobel's not paying us to have them in the news twice, but PCI Mag tells us that Axel Nobel launches a low-energy powder coating, an industry-first architectural powder coating, which can be cured at temperatures as low as 150C while still being Qualicoat Class 1 certified. It's been launched by... Axo Nobel. You know, and for our, our, our friends, uh, you know, in the North American market, I should say the, the United States market, you know, 150 C's, 300 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, and you mentioned Qualicode. It's similar to, you know, the AMA specifications. AMA well. 2603, right? For, Correct. Yeah, it's, um, it's the entry Qualicode level. Qualicode class one. Yep. 
So their low energy powder, though it, it cures lower than traditional powder coatings, which you know we harp on this quite a bit on the um, on the podcast here. But that means not only do you use less energy curing traditional um, materials and substrates, but also opens up the possibility to coat things besides steel and aluminum, which are typically able to um, accept a higher temperature. Absolutely. And, you know, this one is its mainly directed at energy savings, which is great and it's important, especially, my goodness, you know, Europe, they've been hit with higher energy costs. But, yeah, that, that 300 Fahrenheit, 150C threshold does open up some, some different substrates besides just, you know, steel, um, well, metal substrates. So pretty interesting stuff. And, you know, it's good to see these things are happening. Absolutely. That's the direction that we see a lot of things going recently is the lower temperature, more efficient, better for the environment, all those things. More sustainable. Yeah. Lower energy costs. And, and you know, yeah, lower cost. Yeah. So, yeah, good stuff. It's good to see him put that out there. And finally, from the European Coatings Journal, they put out a big report on the status of the market. Yeah, this was an interesting one, Nate, because I was asked, you know, by the author if I could provide some comments. Mm-hmm. And uh, I gave her a lot of different information, and she did quote me rather extensively <laughs> in this piece. Yeah, I would, I would recommend surprise. if uh, people want to go and read the full article um, from the European Coatings Journal. It goes pretty in-depth, but the overall story is that Everyone in the powder coatings market seems to agree that 2022 can be looked upon as a transition year. We're coming out of the pandemic, the issues with the supply chain, manufacturing was down, all sorts of – it wasn't the normal period by any means. And so 2022, you kind of of look at the numbers, but it's hard to draw conclusions from it. But then now into 2023 and beyond, uh, there's talk about a possible economic recession in sight. Yeah, and you know, the thing that I find interesting, and, and, and it, it is kind of quoted in this uh, this article, the market research firms often will quote these rather, you know, ex- amazing compound annual growth rates. They're, they're cagers of being... Uh, in this one, they said 5.6%, and it's going to be, you know, $23 billion or 23 billion euros by 2032. And and it's not reality. You know, this is a fairly mature technology, fairly mature industry, and um, the growth is going to be a little more modest in, in my uh, estimation. And, of course, even in 2023, um, we were expecting a recession, and the question was, how hard, or you know, is is it going to be a hard landing or a soft landing? I think we're finding it's, it's kind of in between, but um, yeah, I think we just have to keep things in perspective. So, but I think, like Nathan said, pick up your <laughs> or access the latest uh, issue of European Coatings Journal, and uh, you can see for yourself. Speaking of market forecasts, our team at ChemQuest is working on the final touches for the American Coding Association's upcoming 
U.S. Paint and Coating Industry Market Analysis 2023 to 2028 to be released in March. A chapter written by Joe Powder himself is dedicated to powder coatings. More to come as the publication date gets closer. Yeah, and, you know, basically the chapter has been written. But, you know, pretty much got it done. It's in for editing uh, through, you know, some of our editing staff. And like you said, it, it's going to be covering the entire U.S. paint and coatings industry, um, looking at the market and the forecasts and predictions for uh, the next five years or so. So, yeah, stay tuned. We'll have more to talk about uh, in, in the coming months. Now it's time for a word from our sponsors. Gamma's Optistar all-in-one control unit leads the industry with a design fusing electrostatics and powder feed in one compact device. By combining the powder injector and control unit functionality into one device, you get the highest coating efficiency, fastest response times of powder output, and excellent cleaning performance. For more information, call 877-437-6771. Once again, that's 877 437 6771. And be sure to mention, Ask Joe sent me. Configure it, feed it, optimize it, integrate it. Complete it with Gamma. ChemQuest Powder Coating Research is a proud sponsor of the Ask Joe Powder Podcast, and the only independent laboratory dedicated to powder coating technology. We do everything from evaluating raw materials, formulating the next generation of coatings, developing new products, consulting, testing, troubleshooting, training, and more. Our parent company, ChemQuest, provides expert business strategy and advisory services in all aspects of the specialty chemicals value chain, including expertise in both liquid and powder coating. To find out more, email powdercoating at chemquest.com or visit our website at chemquest.com slash cqpcr. Thanks for listening to the Ask Joe Powder Podcast. The ChemQuest Group is the parent company of CQPCR and provides strategic consulting to companies throughout the specialty chemicals value chain, including advisory services on business strategy, market research, mergers, acquisitions, or divestitures, manufacturing excellence, and formulation, application development, and benchmarking for liquid coatings and adhesives through our sister facility, the ChemQuest Technology Institute. Please contact Edie Fox Abrams, Vice President of Business Development at info at chemquest.com. Okay, it's time for our Q&A segment of the broadcast. Do you have a question? Ask Joe Powder. Well, you can ask him. Ask Joe Powder. He has the answer. That'll advance your powder coating. It's the Ask Joe Powder podcast. All right, our first question comes from Andrew from beautiful Columbus, Ohio. He says, Paging Joe, local architect here, fan of your Joe Powder column. I have a question for you. We're having a custom steel door and surround fabricated for our office. The door sits on 4th Street, which is downtown. People yeah, not familiar with the geography. As usual, 4th Streets are. <clears throat> and as such, we'll get a decent amount of road salt on it in the winter. 
and of course sun, etc. in the summer. The question is, what is the best finish option? The fabricator says his default is to powder coat, but I don't know the details, if it's zinc rich or what. We used to specify powder coating all the time, but over the years have done so less often. The issue we see is that once the coating starts to fail, whether that's a chip or just somehow water getting under the coating, it seems almost impossible to repair and quite difficult to fully redo. So there's a part of me that wants to ask our steel guy to have this door primed and painted, like something approximating auto body paint, multi-coat process. And part of me that wants to ask for a zinc-rich powder coating and just cross my fingers. I figured I'd ask the expert. Thank you for any help that you can provide. Andrew in Columbus. Hi, Andrew. Hey, it's great to hear from a local architect, and these are very good questions. Before I get into a recommendation, um, you mentioned that it, powder coating systems that have been applied in the past, your experience as an architect, that they're difficult to repair. And I would take a couple steps back and say, perhaps these weren't prepared properly, perhaps they weren't cured properly, because a well-designed finish using powder coatings should not fail for a number of years. And uh, what you're telling me is that maybe some things, maybe some shortcuts were taken. Um, so I'm going to explain what I would recommend for your application and, and how it should be done. So, okay. Number one, and, and you, know, the, the, you, you mentioned that this was a bare steel uh, substrate. The most important starting point is to get proper cleaning and pretreatment of the metal before you contemplate applying the powder coating. Uh, this would involve a high quality cleaning system, which you know is probably going to be a an alkali aqueous alkali system at a, at an elevated temperature, followed by a rinse, and then a chemical pretreatment um, step. Either this could either be zirconium or phosphate based. Follow that by a rinse, and follow that rinse by a sealer. Talk to the chemi chemical supplier to get the, the details on that. Next, I would recommend a non-zinc powder primer. And I said non-zinc, not a zinc-rich powder primer. Uh, have that applied completely. Have it cover all the surfaces and just partially cure or gel it and then get it out of the oven. Allow the door to cool. And then apply uh, high-quality outdoor durable polyester. In the States, it would be an AMA 2604 grade. Um, in other places around the world, uh, we would recommend a Qualicoat Class II uh, polyester top coat. Fully cure those two coats per the powder coating supplier's technical data sheet, and you're going to have a great system. This kind of system will resist the extreme 4th Street climate uh, for many years to come. But it's really, really important to make sure that you do each step carefully and to the specification of the material suppliers. So, uh, Andrew, good luck. Let me know if you have any more questions. Best regards, Joe. All right, and our second question comes from James in Bern, Switzerland. James says, hi, Joe. We're currently being asked to match a powder so we can powder coat steel parts that need to match an aluminum anodized hinge. So far, we've not had much success. 
Do you feel I'm spinning my wheels trying to match a powder to a plated finish? I'm thinking it's kind of like the chrome powders that were offered. They call it chrome powder, but it doesn't really look anything like chrome plating. Would I be better off asking them to powder coat the steel parts and the hinge if they want everything to match? Thanks in advance for your help. James in Switzerland. Hi, James. Um, to answer your question, powder coatings have been formulated to mimic the appearance of anodized. And I'm talking about an anodized silver type finish. It won't be exact, but it's going to come really close. And visually, I think it's going to work. It's going to be a low-gloss, metallic-effect powder, and they're offered off the shelf by some of the some of the bigger powder coating manufacturers. So you shouldn't have too much trouble finding it. The other thing that's important, you need to consider the environment that the assembled unit will be exposed to. If it's going to be outdoors, you should consider a two-coat system. And this would be comprised of the metallic base coat followed by a similarly low-gloss clear coat. Both powders should be outdoor durable. They should be polyesters that comply with either Qualicoat Class 2 or maybe even Class 3. And you, you should talk to your powder supplier about the difference between those two. These would be similar to the AMA 2604 and 2605 specifications which are used in North America. By using the clear coat, it's going to provide extra durability because metallic pigments that are used in powder can sometimes oxidize in outdoor conditions. And it's really going to have a lot to do with what type of environment. Mm. You know, if it's urban versus if it's out in the countryside. So that's something to keep in mind. But the clear coat's going to seal the surface and provide significantly improved durability. Now, if these parts, if this assembly is going to be used for an interior application and won't see much wear and tear, then the clear coat probably is not going to be uh, necessary. So good luck, James, and uh, hope it works out. Let me know. All right, and we have one more question. This one's from Helen in Ventura, California. Helen says, Dear Joe, fingerprint powder is currently applied using either fine particles of carbon with a brush or magnetized powder with a magnetic brush. Both leave streaks on the object being dusted. Also, there's a growing concern about the transfer of DNA from one area to another using these application techniques. Another problem with dusting at crime scenes is that only small areas are dusted and prints in unusual places can be missed. Could the powder technology used to apply finishes be used to apply some type of fingerprint powder at crime scenes? Thank you for your time. Helen in California. Hey, Helen. It's good to hear from, uh, from you in California. It's a great question, and, and this, you know, kind of is thinking outside of the box, which, you know, kind of gets us excited in, uh, in our research laboratory. Uh, I think it's entirely possible to borrow a powder coating application technique and to kind of give you an idea of what types of application technology is fundamentally used in the powder coating industry, uh, basically there's two different techniques. One relies upon a negative corona charge that's delivered at the gun tip of an application spray gun. So basically fluidized powder is pneumatically conveyed 
into a field of ionized air, it picks up a negative charge, and then that charged powder is attracted to a surface, and it's, uh, it's deposited. There's another application technique, and I kind of intuitively think this might be the place to start. Um, this relies on frictional charging of particles as they pass through a gun, spray gun, uh, which is comprised of a, uh, a special dielectric material. The powder picks up a positive charge in this case, and it's deposited onto the substrate or the surface. One of the things that you have to kind of have in mind is the substrate must be somewhat conductive and not isolated from, from a ground. That being said, many materials that you're going to encounter just in a, in a kind of a residential or, or commercial setting have a certain degree of conductivity that should work. So definitely if there's metal substrates, it would be easy. But, um, you know, wood and some plastics uh, can pick up enough of a charge. Now, the commercial spray guns that are commonly used to coat different types of parts that uh, are used for industrial and commercial uses, these, these spray guns are rather cumbersome and maybe too large for your application. So I think, you know, we may have to have a redesign of, you know, the, the application technology, at least the design or configuration of the spray gun or the delivery device. This doesn't preclude using these techniques, but I think there's going to be a little bit of research done um, to get to where we'd have a successful technique for you. That being said, there are a number of research groups that may be willing to explore these possibilities. If you're interested, uh, please contact me. You know, ask Joe Powder at yahoo.com, and I'll help you sort through what group may be best to initiate a dialogue. I hope this helps you, Helen, and good luck with this intriguing objective. If you get a spray gun from Gamma, tell them Joe Powder sent you. <laughs> All right, it's time to talk about upcoming events. Hey, friends, where are we going? To an upcoming event. All right, I don't think there's anything else going on in, in 2023, so let's see what's going on next year. In February 22nd through 24th of 2024 is Paint India. That's uh, at the Bombay Exhibition Center in Mumbai. And then in March... The 11th through the 13th is Powder Coating Week. That's the uh, annual event put together by the Powder Coating Institute and uh, CCAI, Chemical Coders Association International. Sounds good. But they combine a couple of events and they have a week-long event that happens there in Orlando. This one's in March and the Powder Coating expo specifically is the 11th through 13th yeah and then the 26th through 28th of march 2024 is euro coat 2024 and that is in paris and then coming up april 30th through may 2nd is the american coating show that's at the indiana convention center in indianapolis indiana that one we will be at we have a table that's uh you know the big show for North America as far as we're concerned. Sounds great. 
And we often talk about our powder coating kitchen courses on this podcast. We have we've typically had in person small group um, short courses where we explain the fundamentals of what goes into a powder coating, how they're made, and hands-on experiences. But if you ever wanted to attend a powder coating kitchen course, but distance, funding, timing kept you away, um, 2024, we have a couple of interesting new formats that we're looking at. One is we're launching an online webinar-style Introduction to Powder Coatings course. That's in conjunction with our friends at PCI Magazine. Dates are being finalized. I think it's going to be in the spring, early summer kind of area, though. So uh, keep an eye out for that because, yeah, we'll be doing a kind of a, a shorter, more condensed version of our powder formulating class. Yeah, that one's going to be fun. And and we did do a kind of like a little touch of that during uh, the pandemic. We did a, a webinar of, of sorts. And I know this is going to be more of a uh, an iteration and, and an you know, evolution of that. And this is also similar to the 2022 Coatings, Trends, and Technologies. We did a uh, three- or four-hour version of the course. It wasn't the full two days. More surface level, but if you're interested in learning about powder coatings, what goes into them, we'd recommend checking that course out. Yeah, that sounds great. All right, if you want to access the Astro Powder column in print, which I know that's a funny word to say. A lot of it's just on, on websites for these different publications. You can find it with IPCM, our friends there, International Paint and Coatings Magazine, which is uh, published outside of uh, northern Italy. Great people there. Um, you can find it also at uh, our good friends at PPCJ, which is Polymer's Paint Color Journal, and their sister publication, APCJ, which is Asia Pacific Coatings Journal. And you can also find Joe Powder, uh, PCI Magazine, Paint and Coatings Industry Magazine, on their website, uh, it used to be under the Finishing Flash tab. Now I think it's under the Blog tab, but you should you should be able to find it without any trouble. You can also find it at the Powder Coated Tough Archives. That's at powdercoating.org. Um, you can find it in the archives. And you can also find a version called Ask the Expert uh, with Products Finishing, which is PF Online. We publish... Uh, we publish a Q&A through them as well. You can find us online at askjoepowder.com. If you want to find out about new episodes as soon as they release, I know they're sometimes unpredictable uh, <laughs> yeah, on think? our schedule. <laughs> you can subscribe to it on any of your favorite podcast sites or apps. If you'd like to ask Joe a question, the email address is askjoepowder at yahoo.com. Or you can call and leave a message at country code 1-478-2-ASK-JOE. It's 1-478-227-5563. This has been a production of ChemQuest Powder Coating Research. If you'd like to be added to the email list for course information or other company announcements, you can drop a note to info at chemquest.com, and the marketing team will add you to their email list. Original music 
Mixing and sound design is by Nick Page. Smoke them if you got them. Sounds great, Nate. Don't forget to keep your powder dry, my friends. Thank you for listening to the Astro Powder Podcast. This episode was brought to you by Gamma. Gamma's Optiflex Pro Manual Gun uses Power Boost technology, which gives you the industry's highest charging power at 110,000 volts and 110 microamps, allowing for faster and more efficient powder coating. We're handing you more power, more quality, and more control. For a demonstration, call 877-437-6771. Once again, that's 877-437-6771. And be sure to mention, Ask Joe sent me. When you want to know that everything is covered, complete it with Gamma. Let me clear my throat. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I think we should do our episode. Cast a powd. Welcome to the last episode of the Astro <laughs> Why? What happened? What happened to Joe? Cancelled. I'm not going to try to pronounce that. Sorry.